Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rambold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggar. Turn to Daniel with me, if you will, please. Daniel 9. Daniel 9:24. You know, we have been walking through this, discovering exactly about the Antichrist, as to watching and being able to predict, according to the Word of God, when he's going to show his ugly face, the things that he is going to do while he's showing his ugly face, and we... That's the very elect, okay? And we're going to investigate that further. 924 of Daniel. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and the prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem into the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seventy seven weeks, seventy weeks, and there and threescore and two weeks, and the street shall be built again in the wall, even in in troublesome times. Now, uh, is this troublesome times? Yes, and that's what it's talking about. That that's when that's when it's and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city the sanctuary, and in therefore shall be with a with a flood and unto the end of the war, desolations are determined, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. He's going to come, as the Scriptures have told us. He's going to, in his own way, become God. We're going to, the world is going to receive him as such. The Messiah will be cut off. What does that mean? Well, you know, after all, you pray and nothing happens, you start doing what? Looking somewhere else to pray? Yeah, you would. But in the end, you understand something, that he is still God, and the plan is so perfect. And that's, that, that's what's really, really something about this. Turn over in the book of Revelation, the sixth chapter. I've, I, I have read more of the book of Revelation than I have in all the almost 40 years I've ministered today. Somebody feel sorry for me. Oh, yeah, well, don't feel too sorry. All right. Revelation 6, first verse. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder of the four beasts, saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown, was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. 
And there went out another horse that was red, and the power was given to him that sat in there to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the, the third beast say, Come and see, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see, thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that said of him was death and hell, follow with him. And power is given to them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with beasts of the earth. These horses have... Waited, sitting to wait. I have said that uh, I read some of these from time to time. The angel would come and say, you tell them that, that this, this horse has been turned loose. Now, that wasn't in, in, in any way, shape, or form saying that, bless God, that that was what this was, even though I think I probably went to that and looked at it and even probably used it. But the, but the whole dealing here is to understand that within these horses, each one of them was bringing, you know, terrible, terrible, terrible things with them. The whole thing with peace being taken from this earth. I spoke and said that that horse rode when the vision came to me and the Lord God said, I will now take the peace from the earth. And I saw the angels, bless God, move as, as the Lord God spoke that. That he said that there will be no peace in any man except they have me in them. And now you can see that now, and that's been a few years back, maybe 10, 15 years or so. But you now can see that we don't have peace. Nobody is at peace. There's such turmoil. There's such this. There's such that. There's this going on, that going on. Seems like there's nothing that wants to seem to, to come to an end. Anything live. And this thing with the black horse and the balances, and that's talking about, see, it was unheard of back in that time, that bless God, that... that uh, uh, had the pair of balances in his the balance in his hand. Uh, you know, you can't imagine that. Bless God. Measure of wheat for a penny that was unheard of. That that's like now saying you know bread being ten dollars a loaf probably. So that's what he said. That horse. These horses are definitely riding the face of this earth. The, over here with this pale horse, death and hell followed with him. The power given to them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with a sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. So they're going to have power over a fourth part of the earth. As I said as we started this, uh, this study, bless God, brothers and sisters, there are going to be millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of millions that are going to die. There's going to be many that are going to die that's going to be crying out the name Jesus Christ. There's going to be many that's going to die that's been so sure that, bless God, that they've been sanctified somehow through all of this. Now, where does that bring us? Glad you asked. Let's go to Revelation 7, 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth nor on the sea or on any tree. I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, 
Now the earth and the sea is going to be hurt, okay? And now by hurting the sea, most of the fish in the sea are going to die, okay? Almost every living thing within, under the ocean is, in the sea is going to die. Uh, same thing with the earth. The earth is not going to produce food. Uh, all kind of things are going. Now, the third verse, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. Right there. You need to underline that in the Scriptures. Okay? It says, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So there is going to be a seal that's going to be placed upon the servants of God. Now, uh, obviously some of you have read this and read ahead. Obvious question, who are the servants of God? Well, that's everybody that's saved. No, it's not. I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there was sealed a hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Okay. And I think if you go back on through there, uh, bless God, you're probably going to find uh, all the tribes named. Twelve thousand from each tribe. Okay. One hundred and forty-four thousand are going to be going to be sealed. The angel of the Lord. See, there's going to, you know, uh, there again, Satan's going to have a mark too, isn't he? Happen to be on the forehead or on the hand. God's got a mark. He's going to seal. See, the neat thing, well, you're going to say, well, what's it going to look like? You're not going to see it, even if you look in the mirror, okay? It is going to be a supernatural seal in which there is nothing going to be able to harm or going to be able to hurt you. Now, let's go further here so I can get, try to get this in. I, I'm kind of excited for you at this point. Go to 8, Revelation 8, 1. And it says, And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was a silence in heaven about the space of a half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God. To them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given to him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which, which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Now, most of you were told or taught in some whatever way that we no longer burn incense in the church. Now, if you're Catholic or being Catholic, you know that's a no-no, all right? But we were told that the prayers of the saints became the incense. And what the Scripture says, their prayers were like unto incense going up to heaven, all right? The last day, and, and we'll do a study before too long, and we're going to, we're going to talk about uh, according to the Word of God, and, and simply says in the Scriptures that in the last days, once again, now this part of the restoration, the restoring of all things, incense will be burnt and sent up. Now, this being what it is, and what we're finding in all of this that, bless God, that, the, that these prayers, uh, they send up before God out of the angel's hand. Now, we have studied about the Antichrist. What are we talking about now? When is all this going to take place? And this, brothers and sisters, has been a mystery to the church. 
When is the wrath of God going to be poured out? Well, you know, most of the church, again, says they're going to be gone, so it don't make any difference to them. What matter? It will make a difference. The Antichrist has come, all right? The Antichrist here in this, in this position now, he's still on this earth. He spent his first three and a half years trying to get everybody to like him, to love him. Then he broke the peace treaty, okay? Then, bless God, he said he did, did what the Bible calls the desolation abomination, written and talked about in Daniel. He got himself all messed up, and now, all of a sudden, now he's ready to make the Jew worship him, okay? Now, the battle that's going on at this point in time, and we'll get to Scripture here, is with him and the Jews, all right? Judah, the little tribe of the Benjamites, mixed in with Judah. And he is set now to decide after desecrating the temple, the altar, he's now decided he's going to kill all the Jews, going to get them out of the way. So he begins his tax. Now, uh, the, the, the Scripture reads, which again, uh, if we don't get to I'm going to tell you, you look it up later, I've got a lot of Scriptures. He is going to kill two-thirds of all the Jews in Israel. Okay, two-thirds is what it's going to tell you. So there's only going to be one-third left. Now, after that, of which we're told, and as we read in the 24th chapter of Matthew, that when that time comes, they need to flee. Now, this is not the world. This is in Judea. This is, happens to be Jerusalem herself. They're to flee to the mountains. Pray that it's not what? On the Sabbath. Hope that you're not, you know, having a baby that's got a breastfeed. Because it must be quite a thing that's about going to take place. So the Antichrist now is going crazy. Okay? Absolutely. Hey, the story of it is he's went into orbit. And now there comes a time of which, again, the church has never spoke about. The wrath of God is now being poured out on this earth. The wrath of God. Well, what's going to happen? Millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of millions are going to die. As I told you earlier, brothers and sisters, there's only going to be one way to escape this thing. You might as well wake up, grow up, smell the roses. Okay? Here we go. Now, I haven't done the seventh seal, have I? The eighth verse, the eighth chapter, I mean. I did that. Oh, I see. I'm down here at the bottom. Um, oh, let me turn the page in. Fifth verse. And the angel took the censer and filled it, uh, filled it with fire of, of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And it says, seven, And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. The, the first angel sounded. And there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burned up. Now, that's the third part of all the trees on the face of this earth. There's a lot of trees, right? And all green grass was burned up. All green grass on the earth is gone. And the second angel sounded, as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. So one-third of the ocean Oceans are going to turn to blood. And the third part of the creature, which were in the sea, 
and had life, died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. One-third of all the ships, bless God, are going to sink, and everybody's going to die or they're destroyed. Bless God, one-third of everything that lived in the sea. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. The fourth angel sounded, the third part of the sun was smitten, the third part of the moon, and the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day showing not for a third part of it, in other words, only the sun's only going to shine for one-third of the time it usually shines for, and the night likewise, I beheld and heard an angel flying through the mist of the heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, 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 to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpets of these angels which are yet to sound. Don't sound like a fun time to be here, does it? Dear God in heaven, we got stars falling. Bless God, the sun's only going to shine for, you know, a third, a third of the time. The sun's going to uh, not be able to be shining. I think is what it said. And bless God, it's going to be havoc, isn't it? The waters in that with that bitter, you drink them, you die, or you drink it, you die. Not a very pretty picture. Who's going to come to our rescue? The Lord. Okay. Revelation 9, first verse. Are you with me? Revelation 9, the first verse. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven into the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. So, there, see, there's going to be stars falling, right? Okay. Now, what, what do you think about, and what do we know about asteroids, stars or whatever that would hit the earth. Now, we have a scientist in this room that could come up here and could lecture us for several days and be right, okay? And you're probably saying, well, who is he? I want to look him up. Nah, we'll keep it a secret for a while. The fact is, folks, anytime anything would hit the earth, there's going to be a lot of things going to happen, none of which is good. Okay? You know, we're even talking now because of, uh, and which I'm going to get to in the morning, and we're going to be talking about 2012 and beyond. Uh, bless God, uh, they're, they're even now talking about the possibilities. Well, there's always been the possibility of, of you know, a meteorite or whatever hitting, coming through, and, and, and it has happened before. But the thing of it is, these, these folks are in a tough way to go. Third verse, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. Okay, so it sounds like we've got a plague of scorpions coming. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither anything green, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Underline it. Now we've got a problem. There's only going to be a select few, and we'll get to it here. I, I think I've got that here. If I don't, I'll have to look it up in the morning. 144,000. Are you looking at me? That's all that's got the seal in their foreheads. 144,000. Everybody else? 
What's, what's going to happen? You're going to die. You say, you mean that's all that's going to be? No, no. No, no. That's in the area and the direction in which all this is taking place. It, it does, see, when it go, let me go back forward. And it was can demand them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men. Now, I thought we just read where the, the trees and the grass and everything was burned up. We did. But evidently, it was in Pacific areas or area. If I had to guess, I would be talking probably mostly about those nations and those areas in the Mideast, including uh, Israel herself, all right? Fifth verse, and to them that was given, they should not kill them, but they should be tormented five months, and their torment was the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. So see, no, they're not all them that aren't sealed going to die. They're going to wish they were dead, Okay. They're going to wish that they were dead. Can you imagine that? Well, listen, this goes on. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it. Wow. And shall desire to die and, and death shall flee from them. So just the opposite. They're not going to all die. They're going to be tormented over and over and over and over again, wishing they were dead, but they can't die. Wait a minute. That's a little different than what we have today, isn't it? People can die, can't they? So there is going to be a time right here on this earth that you and I are going to see when, bless God, that, 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 that people were going to wish they could die and they can't. Well, what a deal. Six verse. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared into battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they, and they had breastplates as it were, breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running into battle. Well, you can, you can take all that and begin to, you know, begin to, think about what they were at that time, what they didn't know at that time, and start talking about what they were seeing then in the vision. And listen, visions as a prophet come so you can understand them where you're at, where you're living today. Okay? In other words, when the visions come to me, they pertain to what's happening today. I mean, if it's about a car, an airplane, what? well, they didn't have cars and airplanes then, did they? No. But they had chariots. And so he said, sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. But you see, it says, and the sound of their wings was as the sound of those chariots is what he's talking about. What do you suppose? Airplanes? Very well could be. Okay. Helicopters? Very well could be. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were, were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men five months. So this thing's going to go on five months. Okay. And the king, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. Not good. Okay. Now, uh, whose name in Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in Greek tongue hath his name Apollon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two more, or two woes come hereafter. Seems like one thing's coming after another, after another, after another. Now, doesn't it? Now, we are now, as I said, we are talking about the wrath of God. 
We're talking about a time that God is going to leash forth by his angels. But before that happens, and as we have studied and read, darkness is going to have their turn empowered by who? By God. Seems like God is uh, quite busy here in all this, right? Now, 13, the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four, four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great rivers Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year, for to slay the third part of men. Now the third part of men is going to die. Okay? Now that word men is men and women and children. Okay? A third part of all that's on the face of this earth is going to die. I don't know what those numbers will be at that time, but we're, you know, we're easily talking billions. They are going to die. Now let's go on. Now, and the number, 16, of the army of horsemen were 200,000, thousand, and I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses of the vision, them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire. And, and, and you know, when it starts down through these stones, and the reason they named these stones instead of stones, again, that we were, bless God, uh, uh, that we would understand much, much better, at least somebody like me, because it's the only thing about stones to start out with, well, again, because they could relate to them. They could relate to their beauty, all right? They could understand. Now, and of course, and then it says, Out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. 18. But these three was the third part of men killed by the fire, by the smoke, by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth, and their teeth, tail, and their, I'm sorry, <laughs> their teeth, and their tails, for their tails were, were likened to serpents, and had heads with, with, with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands. Now, here's the good part. You want to make a note here. There's always time to repent. Okay? But in order to repent, you have to understand what sin is. See, the, the reason most people can't walk upright before God and bless God, be blessed by God, is because they don't understand it's the sin in their lives that's keeping them from the blessings. It isn't that God's being some kind of a meanie and saying, oh, you can't be blessed. No, that's not it at all. You've heard me say for a long, long time, your biggest problem is you. When you, when you grow up enough and see you in that spiritual mirror and do something about it, things with God will change, and they will. Okay. That they should not worship devils, okay, I'm sorry, repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not re, uh, worship devils and idols of gold and of silver and brass and stone and of wood, n which neither can see nor hear nor walk, neither repented they of their, their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor their thefts. Sounds like quite a deal, doesn't it? It really, it really sounds like, bless God, this thing's going to take somebody for a real ride. Now, when we get to, and let me, let me make sure here that I'm, I'm straddling here along about the right spot here, because I want to be sure that if I haven't, I do, and I didn't, and I have to. You don't understand all that, do you? Because I'm talking to myself and the angel. Now, how come I don't have that? 
Where am I at here? Am I in Revelation? Have I done Revelation 12? That's good, because I'm going to do it. I'm going to look through here for just a second, because I want to see something here if I, if I forgot to do. And uh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. We're going to get to that now. You know where we're going? Are you already there? Revelation 12, 1. I get a little nervous with all this, folks, because I'm accountable for all that. I hope you never have to be such. First verse, Revelation 12:1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Now, the theologians have always seen that woman as being the church. I have no problem with what I understood by the vision that came to me. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven to behold a great red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Huh. Get ready. I hope you're listening. Now, I want to take you. I want to take you, well, wait a minute. Let me give you another scripture here. Fifth verse. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of, her, uh, prepared of God that she should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. All right? which is a three-and-a-half-year period that, that, that she's going to be, that, you know, the church, the remnant is going to be saved. Now, this that has taken place now, we know that's talking about the Messiah, Yeshua, that he was taken up, wasn't he? Now, Satan was out to destroy Yeshua. In fact, the Scripture said if he had have known that to have been the Son of God, he'd have killed him. He didn't know, which should tell you something and some of you folks here need to hear something. Every time you've got something you can't come over in your life, it's not a familiar spirit. Oh. You're the problem. You get you in line. And all these so-called familiar spirits, they won't even be around, there won't be a problem, and you'll be just fine. Somebody say Amen. amen. Somebody needed that, okay, and you got it. So, this which has taken place in 5 and 6 down through there, I have taught you that the, in the spirit world, that world is acting out, and we gave you scriptural proof of this, and if you've not studied this, you, you need to pick it up at the tape table. I'm not sure what I put that in, probably spiritual warfare. The battle is happening in the supernatural, and then it's delivered to this earth. Okay? And that's what happens every single time. This was happening in the supernatural. Okay? And it says that she was taken there. And the seventh verse says, And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against his angels. And prevailed not. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. They don't, they're not going to prevail. I love it. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. 
And the great dragon was cast out, praise God. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before our God day and night. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman, the church, which brought forth the man-child, which is the Messiah. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness. Now, wait a minute. I thought she just did that over here. That's the reason I'm telling you. First, it was enacted out in the supernatural. Had to be worn there. And now she is. Now, listen. And the woman, let me just read it like this, like I was given with the angel. And the, the, the remnant of the church, which we call the woman, was given two wings of a great eagle. That's an airplane, a jet. That she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time and a times and a half time from the face of the serpent. Three and a half years. Okay? So we are promised, we are promised, you know, I don't know how I didn't get that in there, but I did not read it. And Donna, I don't know where in the world... Started in Revelation 14:1, it says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of the great thunder. And I heard a voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were a new song, before the throne, and before the beasts, and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. They are they which follow the Lamb wheresoever he goeth. Now notice that these were virgins, okay, that were not defiled of a woman. This is the point here where this prophet was really and truly about to not give this message. Because I knew, what's the odds there's 144,000 men on this earth today that, bless God, would be virgin, that's not been defiled with a woman? What's the, what's the odds of that happening? And my spirit would never, my spirit would never take that in, okay? Would never take it in. So I began to seek the face of God, and I finally said to the Lord, I said, Look, the angel's either going to have to come and explain this thing, or I'm going to quit right here because I said, I don't understand, and I don't see how this is going to happen. Are you ready? The 144,000 are men that have not been defiled with idolatry, idols, Now, that makes that a lot better, doesn't it? You say, well, what, 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 what idols? The church? Oh, that's hurt, doesn't it? The church? 
You haven't come under false doctrine. You've come away from that. You're set by the truth of God in all directions and areas. So the 144,000 that are sealed are of that mystery. And it, and it was a mystery, and, and God explained that like that to me. There are a number of mysteries of which in this generation here, God is going to reveal toward the end. There is much, much more to be revealed than, than God has given to me, but he's given enough to me now to give to you so that you can understand. Oh, yes, I know. Well, you know, my, my husband's no longer here, and, and or we've divorced, or and I'm not a man. No, you're not. Are you listening? I'm your covering. I'm your head. You will be saved. So there will be 144,000 men saved, 24,000, the little tribe of the Benjamites and, and Judah himself. But the rest will be us as Ephraim. Me, I'm, I'm of the Jewish side, okay, of Judah. So there will be one more get at it on that side with, with, uh, with Ephraim's side. Rejoice, you're going to be saved. You are the remnant. You are the ones of which heads will be sealed, the foreheads with the seal of God. You will be flown away by airplanes. Into what? Into a place of which God will provide. Can I do this? Through this prophet. And there you will be safe. And the Lord God will watch after you. The rest of that, then Satan, out of his mouth, would flow a great flood, trying to still do in the woman and the remnant, which are the 144,000. But the earth will open up her mouth and swallow up the flood. I don't have any, uh, uh, any spiritual insight to that, but this, which is all you need, we're going to be saved out of this thing. We're going to be saved. We're going to be set forth. God is at the helm. In fact, uh, was it Gary that came up and read in, in the book of Isaiah that simply showed you and it said that Ephraim would be, would be in the aisles praising and glorifying our God, watching as the world burns. Hmm. wonder how that could be because of the seal. All right? So, instead of letting you go home and saying part two will be next one, <laughs> I don't think I'd have got away with that if I'd have tried, right? You can see and you can understand. After the peace treaty is broken, okay, after the first three and a half years, two-thirds of the people of Israel will be destroyed. In the second three and a half years, the wrath of God... The God judgment of God will be poured out upon all the world. I'm going to kind of put a damper with what uh, the Antichrist is trying to do at that point, but that's what's going on. In other words, those things are going to be going on at the same time. Now, the Antichrist will gather the nations to be gathered completely to destroy Israel during, I would imagine, the latter part of that last three and a half years, okay? Now, 
Then, of course, Yeshua, our Lord, our God, our Savior, will come. Well, that's wonderful. And I believe every bit of that to be true, okay? And I'm supposing that so you do. Now, we sort of are going to fly away, sweet Jesus, aren't we? <laughs> I had to do that. I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> Is that our rapture? Pretty well. But folks, let me tell you something. You do not want to be where you shouldn't ought to be during this time that's coming. Now, does anybody not go on the page with me to understand that? If you don't stand up and they'll throw you out that door, throw you out that door back there. This is big time stuff. That's the reason that we're going to have to come in unity. We're going to have to understand that, bless God, there's going to come times when you're going to be, have to be corrected just as any, any child. There's going to come a time when, bless God, you're going to have to trust this prophet. I have the keys to the kingdom at this time. It's given to me. I will unlock the doors as God shows me to unlock them, and I will take all of you through with me. If there's any that, bless God, that so should desire not to go, that's fine. But, folks, I'm going to tell you something, and I told you when I started on, on last evening, this weekend is going to change your life forevermore forevermore. Well, now, when do you think all this stuff is going to start? Here's the major prophet. I don't know. And I don't. But it's coming. And by the signs that we now can see, and it's so simple to look at those signs. I mean, here we are. We know that we're, we, the world, the United States in particular, is going into absolute bankruptcy. Okay. We know that. We know that, bless God, that the world is in such disarray that we got wars going on here, there, and everywhere. We know that, bless God, that the religious part of this thing has gone absolutely bonkers. Now, we'll speculate, and that's what this is, speculation. Iran has nuclear capabilities. We already know that. Iran is desperately trying to build what? A nuclear device. Iran and their leadership and most of the people there feel that they're doing their God a great service to die trying to do what? To kill the infidels, which they look at us as such. So they're not going to bat an eye when it's time as soon as they get it ready, they're going to push the button. Israel is going to have a big-time problem. Now, if that happens, now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I said we're going to speculate a while. Now, I don't believe that is going to take place. You know, I had a vision, and in the vision, I told you that I saw planes, Israeli planes, taking off from Israel, they were manned with, with nuclear bomb warheads. They were headed Iran, and they were going to destroy their whatever they're doing nuclearly. American planes intercepted them and told them to turn back or they would shoot them down. 
They turned back. Now, you know, I, I'm somewhere across the United States uh, ministering when I told this, this vision, and people all looked at me strange, they looked at me strange, they looked at me strange. I don't know where it's two, three months, four months later, but anyway, the CIA finally admitted that that's what happened. Now, would Israel have done that? Yes. Would Israel do that today? Absolutely, except for one thing, the good old U.S. of A. We have Israel under our thumbs. I spoke somewhat about that last night. Israel is not at this time able because they don't want to lose the support. They've got a bunch of brand-new jets ordered from the U.S. They don't want to lose all of that, all of that support, all that uh, ammunition-powered whatevers. They don't want to lose that. So they're still there. Now, when Netanyahu left office... By the way, I was in Israel. I was there in Jerusalem the day before the day before they had the election. I had spoken to the rabbis. I began to leave the room. The rabbis would have been like behind me, and one of them said, the Sephardic rabbi said, "Prophet." I turned around. I said, "Yeah." I said uh, the prophets of old always gave signs. Prophet, give us a sign. I said, that's no problem. Elections tomorrow. Yes. I said, Barack is going to absolutely outdo Netanyahu to such an extent that there won't be a runoff election. Israel's uh, election thing is all set up where they have actually two elections. They have one, then they have a runoff. And so the Safari Jew said to me, he said, well, I'm sorry, but that's not the way that our government works. I said, I know how the government works, but I said, I'm telling you, this time, this is going to happen so, and different, and because it's never happened again, it'll be un unprecedented. He said, yes. He said, he said, yes, it would. Well, I get on the airplane, okay, the next day. I'm about halfway to New York, and... The Israeli pilot of that big jet comes on, and he said, something unprecedented has happened this day. And then he began to talk about how that Netanyahu had been defeated. Did the sign come to pass? Absolutely. Now, I had another vision where Netanyahu was going to come back into power. Now, he had gone but he was going to come back into the same type of position in which he left as the prime minister. Now, did he do that? Yes. I believed that by him coming back into power, because he is a hawk. You know what a hawk is? He's not afraid to attack. Now, something at this time is holding him back. That something that's holding him back is America, okay? Now, I'm believing with my whole heart that he's going to tell America to take a hike, mount the boys up on their great wings, okay, and fly over there and destroy the nuclear setup that Iran has. Will that start a war? Maybe. But you see, unless there's nuclear Bombs is the only thing I know. Weaponry, how's that one? Then there's not going to be a contest because Israeli is the second strongest force by the way of army 
on the face of this earth, only to be only to be taught by the United States. But see, we have given them all their armament, given them all the money, given them all the shells to shoot. So you can see why Netanyahu at this time is drawn back. Now, I would kind of think you need to pray for Mr. Netanyahu every chance you get. Ask him to get his eyes open. Ask the Lord to open his eyes and let him understand who he is. I have prayed. I have prayed that the Lord God send me to Israel again. I have prayed that the Lord God make arrangements that I can speak to Mr. Netanyahu because I have some things to say to him and a sign to leave to him that he can't ignore. Will that happen? I don't know. He's got a will. You always must remember that. I have spoken those signs before, and those signs have come to pass in Israel. Now, so let's say that maybe Israel is going to destroy Iran. Mm-hmm. Israel is capable. See, if Israel was left alone, we wouldn't have had a problem in the Mideast. They are more than capable of taking care of themselves. But because we wouldn't leave them alone, and we tried to do what? We tried to, 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 you know, to make them do what we wanted them to do. Now we've got a mess. You need to keep your eye upon that. All right? Keep your eye upon that. Now remember, let me, let me just go over this just, to, just one more time. The political system, the money system, the religious system of this world is gone. It's just a matter of time. Now, you know, to look at this, I know me and one of the one of the brothers uh, talked and said, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen this year. I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens tomorrow because I don't know. I, I don't know God's method behind all this as to how he's going to do this. The only thing, brothers and sisters, that you're going to have to hang on to is this. As long as you're tied to this prophet, you're part of the 144,000. Now, I realize that the 144,000, uh, or actually it's 120,000, don't sound near like the millions, okay? And I always said I only suspected or only guessed that there could be that many million. There still could be that. that I don't know. This group is going to be hidden away. This group is going to be taken care of, and God's hand is going to be upon us. There's nothing, again, by any means that's going to harm us, is there? No. That is a, that is a great promise of God that, again, with our patience, with our patience, with our patience, all we have to do now is be patient. This was given to us. It's given to you. Don't misuse it. Don't get high and heady about it and all puffed up and look at me and the rest of you are going to die or go to hell. Don't do that. You be humble. You be humble before this Lord. And bless God, you be thankful. Now listen, that you are of the twelve tribes of Israel. In fact, the ten lost tribes. That you've been selected. How did we get here? Remember what I said that night? You got here because you heard, come home, Ephraim, that I spoke probably now, what, 20, almost 30 years ago? 
The angel came and said, blow the shofar. And I opened the back door and blow it as hard and as long one time as you can. And I did. And, he, or, and then he said with the rest of the instruction, then you cry at your loudest tone, come home, Ephraim. I did. I turned around and walked back into the house, and there he stood. And he said, now the seed has been planted. And you have heard the cry. You, bless God, have heard Ephraim come home. In the spirit world. Now listen, that is only meant to be heard by who? The Ephraimites. See, that again is the reason why not everybody is going to be able to get into this thing. What, what, what if somebody thinks they are, and you tell them they're not? No, that's not my job. If they think they are, they are. Boy, that leaves some room, doesn't it? If they're not, you know what's going to happen? What's happened to the, a few of the ones that have come? God will weed them out. They'll just come in, stay for a while. Something will happen. They'll become disgruntled, and they won't come back. Well, that's fine. Then they can get out here and try to struggle and survive with the rest of them. How many of you are pleased to know that God's going to save us out of all that? And you thought you were just what? Huh? No. You're very special in the eyes of God. That's the reason I've said from the very onset of this, you're an Ephraimite. You're the first fruits of this thing. What we teach you, you're going to teach others. If we can't bring you in, you can't bring anyone else in. But we're going to bring you in. Hallelujah. Amen. You hang on to the tassels of this old prophet. They're pretty strong. I'll drag you most of the way if I have to. Okay? You just hang on to them. But you're going to have to trust me. And that's not, you know, again. But like I said, deception, right? We've had the Jim Jones, the David Carishes, and who knows whatever else. And because all of that was so false, it's going to look easy. And has for numbers and numbers of years. As I said, I've been called a false prophet for a long time. Not even been able to get them to identify me scripturally because they can't. Because I believe in the Lord God, Yeshua. The Antichrist doesn't. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website www.jewishprophet.com and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day. Every week, folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Don't 
אזי מלך, אזי מלך, שמו נקרא.